What is up everyone? It's Quinn here and I'm excited about this one today. I'm going to be hitting you guys with a double hero RB draft strategy video in general doing the draft strategy videos, whether it's a specific, you know, strategy like this one or platform based or even pick location early, mid, late first round. These are my favorite videos to do throughout the off season. So I am pretty uh, excited about this one just to give you guys kind of an overview about double hero RB. If you're not super specific, um, these are kind of like the general guidelines, I would say. So I would say you're snagging two running backs, probably through three rounds. You're trying to get two stud running backs to lead your team. That's why it's called double hero RB. I think you could extend this to the fourth round, but I would only be extending it to the fourth round if you're getting a value, like someone who would be going in the first three rounds. The two guys that come to mind that maybe you could go in round four would be Ramondre Stevenson and Jameer Gibbs. There are going to be some platforms where Ramondre kind of slips. I believe ESPN, he goes like the three, four turn. I do uh, categorize Ramondre Stevenson as someone you could use as a hero RB. And then Jameer Gibbs would be the other guy. But if you're going like round four, Aaron Jones or round four, Kenneth Walker, I don't really think those guys uh, qualify. You're really trying to hit those high ceiling running backs in the first you know, two, three, four rounds. And then in the middle rounds, you're trying to hammer out the wide receiver position. You're typically going to want wide receivers through your flex and then like one or two quality bench options. So if your league is two wide receivers, two flexes, you probably want, you know, four wide receivers and then at least one or two more that you feel comfortable playing because you're trying to hit on these running backs. You're kind of expecting that you're going to hit on these elite ceiling backs. The wide receivers in the mid rounds, if you're drafting, you know, five, six, the odds of you missing on one or two isn't too crazy. Plus there's going to be bye weeks, injuries, all of that. In general with double hero RB, you're going to be avoiding the running back dead zone. So you take your two guys in the first three, four rounds, and you're probably not going to be picking another running back until round nine, maybe round 10. You're typically avoiding like that round four, five, six, seven, eight area. And I also think this strategy gives you some flexibility to snag an elite quarterback or tight end. It's probably going to be tough to snag both, right? To get like a, you know, Lamar, Justin Fields type, and then also get, I don't know, a Kittle, a Waller, one of those guys. It's probably going to be tough to snag both because your wide receivers are going to suffer. But I do think you're kind of opened up to go and get an elite quarterback or a tight end if the value falls to you. And then before we jump into the mock drafts, I do just want to preface by saying that you should never go into a draft locked into a specific strategy. Like I would never say, you know, go hero RB regardless. Like, you know, no matter what, you have to use this strategy because, you know, the board can go different ways. Players can fall to you and you don't want to restrict yourself. But I do think knowing how to implement all the different strategies is important because you go through your first you know, two, three, four rounds, you can kind of take a look at your team and then you can execute these strategies throughout the rest of your draft, whether it's double hero RB, pure RB, you know, zero RB. These are all different strategies that you can kind of lock into after the first few rounds of your draft. But I will say that double hero RB has been the strategy that I've used most this offseason, especially if you're playing on platforms like ESPN or Yahoo. I just think the way those drafts kind of play out fits really well for the double hero RB draft strategy. But now I'm going to be diving into five different mock drafts from five different uh, pick positions, just kind of showing you a variety of different double hero RB drafts. There's going to be some variants here. We're going to have some uh, PPR uh, mock drafts, some half point PPR. Also, it's not like we're going RB, RB in every single one. We've got some variants in terms of uh, how we start off the drafts. 
So let's jump into the first one. This is going to be from the uh, second pick, and this is going to be a PPR league. We're going uh, two running backs starting, two wide receivers, and then two flex spots, and then obviously one quarterback and one tight end, and then it looks like we've got uh, five bench slots in this one. So from the 102, you know, this is a spot where you could go, if Jefferson's going 101, you could go running back, you could go wide receiver. Typically, I'd be going Jamar Chase, but based on the platform, you could talk me into Christian McCaffrey, you know, if you think the running back position is going to dry up. Plus, I know a lot of you out there would probably rather snag your running back here at the 102. So we go Christian McCaffrey here with the second overall pick. Then we get to the second round, and I could go running back or I could go wide receiver here. This is a spot where I like the value on Jalen Waddle. I just have them ranked straight up, you know, over guys like Josh Jacobs, Chris Olave, and Brees Hall. So he was going to be my best player available at that price. But then we get to the third round, and you can see we didn't start off running back, running back, but we can still execute a hero RB draft here. So I go Brees Hall in the third round. Now, maybe some of you guys don't love Brees Hall just based on, you know, the potential injury concerns, and I get it, but I do think if Brees Hall is healthy, he is going to be a high ceiling running back, especially for like the second half of the season, and I do think he's someone that you could uh, use here in a double hero RB build. So he is going to be my second running back. We've got the two running backs through, you know, three, maybe four rounds, but uh, we didn't need a falling guy in the fourth. So then we go into the fourth round, and I really like the value on late fourth round Justin Fields. I've talked about this in a lot of videos, but if you've got like Mahomes, Hertz, and Allen all being picked within you know the first three and a half rounds, if you're getting Justin Fields at the four or five turn, I think that's a really, really nice value. But now we haven't gone super wide receiver heavy, so now we kind of got to lock in on the wide receiver position. We want wide receivers through the flex plus you know one or two spots ideally. So we go Christian Watson, Mike Williams, Mike Evans in back-to-back-to-back rounds. You're going to see in these mock drafts, really like the value on uh, Mike Williams. I think I might have him in uh, every single one of these mocks. But so that is going to give us wide receivers through um, you know our starting lineup at this point. We've got two at the wide receiver position and then two in our flex spot. Now, this is typically not a spot in the eighth round where I would go running back, but this is, you know, kind of what I talked about. We don't want to be locked into a specific strategy. We still want to be flexible. If James Cook is going to be available in the late eighth round, I'm just going to have to take him there. Like, I just can't pass up on that value. I actually also think it works really well with our start because say Brees Hall isn't ready to go week one, or he's not 100% week one, then we honestly have a nice option to kind of slide into that RB2 spot. So I wouldn't say this is like your super typical um, double hero RB build, just because I wouldn't typically go, you know, round eight running back. But like I said, if the value is there, we got to take it. We can't get tunnel visioned in on one specific strategy or like the specific guidelines of a draft strategy. But now we got to get back on the wide receiver position. We go Zay Flowers, Jamison Williams. I like Flowers there as the wide receiver five. Obviously, Jamo is wide receiver six being suspended. He's not going to help us early on in the season, but, you know, I think it's fine. And then we did have to punt the tight end position. That's pretty much the price you're going to pay for, you know, going eighth round running back or just going crazy heavy at the wide receiver position. We got an elite quarterback, so kind of had to punt the tight end position. I snagged Tyler Higby, who I really like as a late round option if Dalton Kincaid isn't available. And then we get uh, Sam Laporta as our tight end too. And then we just snag one more running back, Jalen Warren, as like a handcuff guy who could kind of emerge based on an injury 
or who knows what happens with that uh, Steelers backfield. So that's going to be a double hero RB draft from the second overall pick. I like the way this one played out. I do like those top two running backs. I think our wide receivers are solid. We got the elite quarterback. Tight end position is lacking, but I do think our bench is decent. And I did like how I could kind of point out early on how you can pivot away from like the typical uh, guidelines of a double hero RB strategy. You never want to be so locked in that you're passing up on great value. Now, the next draft is also going to be PPR. We're going to be drafting from the fourth overall pick. It's the same roster setup. This one has, you know, kicker defense. doesn't really matter for this video, but uh, that's just the mock I joined. So from the 104, I will say we got Justin Jefferson here. I think this is going to happen in a very, very small percentage of leagues, but I do think it's possible, you know, you get two running backs early on, or even if you get two wide receivers early on, this could still be a wide receiver pick. So, you know, Jefferson, probably not super likely here consistently, but you could throw in Cup, you could throw in Tyree Kill, and I still think this is a pretty solid draft. So we go wide receiver in the first round, and you can still turn these types of drafts into double hero RB. So we get Tony Pollard in the second Really like the value on Pollard. You can see the draft kind of went wide receiver heavy. So you didn't have an Amon Ra available. Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddle were gone. I would still go Pollard over Wilson and Waddle. But so I do like the pick of Pollard there in the second round. And then we get to the third round and you can see we had a falling Brees Hall and a falling Ramondre Stevenson. If you're going to give me round three Ramondre, I'm just going to have to take it. We've kind of heard some reports out of Patriot camp that they don't want to bring in a running back like Delvin Cook, who, you know, wants a huge workload. They're probably going to bring in a veteran like a Zeke or Leonard Fournette. That makes me a lot less concerned about Ramondre's workload and his overall fantasy ceiling. So I do think if they do not bring in Delvin Cook, he will continue to be a nice fantasy RB1 option. So we go those back-to-back running backs. We get our two through three slash four rounds, starting off with Jefferson. Tony Pollard and Ramondre Stevenson. This was actually another draft where we snagged Justin Fields. If the wide receivers like Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, Keenan Allen, if those guys aren't going to be available in the fourth round, I'm totally cool taking a guy like Justin Fields because I don't want to reach on these wide receivers like McLaurin, Drake London, because players in the same tier are going to be available to us in the fifth round maybe even the sixth round. So we go Justin Fields, and I thought it would be kind of cool in the fifth round to uh, stack Fields with DJ Moore. So this is where we start to hammer the wide receiver position. We go DJ Moore in the fifth round. Then we go Mike Williams again in the uh, sixth round. We go Marquise Brown in the seventh, and then Brandon Cooks in the eighth. So, so far looking at our starting lineup, we do not have a tight end yet. We've got wide receivers through the flex plus one solid bench option in Brandon Cooks. So I thought this was a spot where we could take a tight end. You know, if you're going to give me ninth round David Njoku, I'll take it, especially he was like the last guy available of that Frymouth Ingram tier where you kind of have a fall off. So I was cool taking him in the ninth round. We didn't get two wide receivers, you know, on the bench that we love. But I think that's fine. We go round 10, Damian Harris to get our RB3. Then we go Jacoby Myers in round 11, who I think could be decent. Uh, Then we get Jalen Warren as our running back four. And then we snag Nico Collins as like a depth wide receiver. It looks like he probably will be the uh, wide receiver one for the Texans. And then kicker, Young Hoku, um, defense, Seahawks. Don't really pay a ton of attention to that. But again, looking at this team, We get the two running backs. We get them in round two and round three, though, which I think kind of makes this team look nice because we still have that elite wide receiver one, whether it's Justin Jefferson or Tyreek Hill 
uh, Cooper Cup. I think this team is solid regardless. And then we've got some really nice wide receiver depth because you have a high-end wide receiver one. Then you've got guys like DJ Moore, Mike Williams, who I think Mike Williams is a wide receiver too. I think DJ Moore is like a fringe wide receiver too. Marquise Brown, strong wide receiver three. And then if Brandon Cooks is your fifth best wide receiver, I do think you're in a pretty solid spot. And then even our running backs, I think Damian Harris is someone who could have week-to-week value. And then uh, Jalen Warren, I think, is a very nice handcuff option. He's definitely a handcuff I'm kind of consistently targeting. So that is going to be the second draft. Now moving into the third one, this is going to be from pick seven. This is also PPR. The last two are going to be a half-point PPR. And this was a spot where we started off running back, running back. I believe that's the uh, first uh, mock draft that we've done that in so far. So I go Bijan Robinson at the 107. Once again, you could have gone Cooper Cup. He was available. Pretty much just preference at that point. So I go Bijan Robinson at the 107. Then I go with Jonathan Taylor in the second round. If I'm going to get a falling Jonathan Taylor because of a potential you know, contract holdout, trade, whatever it is, I'm willing to take him in the mid-second round for sure. So we get those two stud running backs back-to-back. These are both guys that have very high ceilings. Jonathan Taylor has been a running back one in his career. Bijan Robinson, he's my running back too. I think he's going to step in and be a high-end uh, running back one from day one. So I really like this start, getting two stud wide receivers. While you've got other people drafting, like the wide receiver 11, um, you know, I'm getting a guy who's probably at worst like a top seven running back or two top seven running backs. So I like that start. Then I like our picks in round three and round four. We go double wide receiver. We get Calvin Ridley and Amari Cooper. I think this start through three rounds is very fun because for me, Calvin Ridley is like right on the outside of the top 12 wide receivers looking in. And then Amari Cooper to me is like a mid-tier wide receiver too. Then in the fifth round, I went with uh, Justin Herbert. Was hoping Fields would fall to us. He went at the 505, but I'm totally cool with round five, Justin Herbert. If you're going to give me, you know, Herbert, who I'd consider at the, was it the 4-5 turn? then I'll definitely take him in the uh, mid-fifth. What I found in these mock drafts is I do like going early quarterback. I just don't like getting one of the first three. So I don't love spending a second or third round pick on Mahomes, uh, Jalen Hurts, or Josh Allen. But if you're going to give me you know, Justin Herbert, Justin Fields, even a Lamar Jackson at value, I will definitely take it. So we get that elite quarterback. Then we get two more wide receivers, Mike Williams in the sixth, once again, and then Mike Evans in the seventh. So through seven rounds, I really love this team. We've got two uh, running backs that I think are mid-tier RB1s or better. We've got two solid wide receivers that I think are wide receiver twos. Mike Williams, I also think is a wide receiver two. And then Mike Evans as your wide receiver four when you already have an elite quarterback and two elite running backs. Totally cool with that. Then we go David Njoku in round eight here. And I think I went a little bit off the rails here from this point on. It's not that I dislike the picks, but I think we kind of strayed away from the double hero RB draft strategy. And I don't know if it led to like crazy values at other positions. So I get David Njoku in the eighth round. I probably could have waited and just gone super late round tight end, but we get him in round eight. Then in round nine, I like the value on Charbonnet. Um, This probably could have been like a Zay Flowers pick or an Elijah Moore pick. I think if I had to go back, I probably would make that swap. We get Rashad Bateman in round 10. Then I go Elijah Mitchell in round 11. And I think that's the point where I realized like, ah, might've messed up there because do I love Rashad Bateman as like my fifth wide receiver? Maybe he's barely been practicing. I don't know if he has been practicing. So I don't love that. I probably, if I could go back, I would have drafted like an Elijah Moore 
over Zach Charbonnet, but you know, it is what it is. I also didn't realize that this was only a uh, three bench uh, mock draft. So we didn't get a ton of depth there. McPherson Seahawks at the uh, kicker tight end spot or sorry, kicker defense spot. So basically, I really like this draft through pretty much round seven. I think it's probably my favorite draft through round seven. Round eight on, you know, I think I made some mistakes, but still overall, I think it's a pretty solid team. Now shifting into the next mock draft, this is going to be from the ninth overall pick, and this is going to be a a half point PPR league. So we end up going with Stefan Diggs in the first round at the 109. I think you could argue for some of the running backs here, Chubb, Barkley, whoever you want. I'll go with Stefan Diggs. You know, he's going to be a player that I do have as my eighth overall guy. So if I'm getting him at the 109, I'm fine with it. In round two, I ended up going with Tony Pollard. He's someone that I'm going to have a lot of shares of. If he's going mid to late second round, you know, I'm totally cool drafting him. You could have gone with a Derrick Henry. You know, looks like he was available here. I prefer Tony Pollard, but really whatever you want in that spot. And then we get Jameer Gibbs at the 309, who I really like as a value in that third round or the fourth round. So I like the start here. We get an elite wide receiver. We also get Tony Pollard and Jameer Gibbs. So we have those two running backs through three, four rounds, however you want to look at it. Then we get Calvin Ridley in the fourth round. And then I did something that I don't typically do. I'm not super in on TJ Hawkinson. Like I have him ranked as my tight end three, but in terms of where I have him versus ADP of all the positions, I'm lower than consensus. So I really don't get a lot of shares of TJ Hawkinson. Typically you see him going at like the four or five turn. I'm not willing to pay that price, but at the 509, you know, I'll buy in on him there. So I go TJ Hawkinson. This is one of the drafts where we didn't get an elite quarterback, but instead we got a uh, higher end tight end. But then we got to go back to hammering the wide receiver position. So I go round six, Mike Williams, like clockwork. Then I get some younger options. We go three straight rookies, Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, Jordan Addison, and then Quinton Johnston. Maybe that's not a great look early on in the season, but I like the outlook of all three of those dudes throughout the season. So at this point, we have wide receivers through the flex, plus two quality options on the bench. So this is probably closest to like the textbook Um, double hero RB draft strategy. In round 10, I end up snagging a uh, running back. At this point, if I'm getting one of these later round quarterbacks, I don't want to be the first guy to make that pick. So I'll kind of wait and let the guys like Kirk Cousins go in round nine, Tua go in round eight, and then I'll just sit back and I'll snag a guy like Daniel Jones in round 11, who I really like as like my favorite late round option. Then we get another wide receiver in Sky Moore. Who knows how that uh, Chiefs wide receiver room shakes out. And then one more bench running back in uh, Tajay Spears as like a potential Derrick Henry handcuff. So I do like the way this one uh, played out. Let me know what you guys think about that Hawkinson pick. I do feel like I'm a little low on him, but I feel like mid-late fifth round, I think it kind of makes sense to draft him here. We get the young wide receivers. We got the two running backs early on. Overall, I think a pretty solid draft from the nine spot. Also from a draft spot that I don't typically love. I think the nine spot can get a little rough just because you don't get one of those elite options like a Cooper Cup, a Tyree Kill. Pollard's probably available in that same spot. And then Jameer Gibbs is also probably available like early third round. But, you know, even though it's a tough spot, I think the draft turned out solid. Now shifting into the final mock draft, this is going to be from pick 11. We're going to be going half point PPR. And this was a draft that we started off running back, running back, back to back. I think this uh, one-two turn is interesting. I think you could build some zero RB teams here. You could go here RB. You could go in a lot of different directions. 
Like you can start off, you know, C.D. Lamb, Amon Ra. You can also start off like I did, Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor here at the 111 and the 202. So we get those two stud running backs early on. Then from rounds three through five, we hit the wide receiver position, go Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper, and Mike Williams. Going to have a lot of shares of uh, all three of those dudes. Then in the sixth round, I don't typically go with Trevor Lawrence. I think sometimes his ADP gets pushed up, but we had Calvin Ridley on the team. So I'm cool stacking him, getting a, I guess, mid-round quarterback pick. So we go, uh, sorry, we go Trevor Lawrence in the sixth round, not getting any uh, sixth round Travis Kelsey. And then the seventh, we go back to the wide receiver position with Deontay Johnson. I didn't notice, but this was only a uh, one flex mock. I kind of went into it thinking it was a two flex, but you know, same principle still applies. So we get Deontay Johnson. Then we get another part of this Jaguars offense with Evan Ingram. So we've got kind of a nice stacked Jaguars offense here. I am high on them in general. Then we get another solid wide receiver with Elijah Moore. So now we've got two wide receivers on our bench. Even if this was like a two flex league, I still think it's solid because you throw Deontay Johnson in one of the flex spots, and then you still have Elijah Moore as a depth on your bench. We get 10th round Damian Harris to be our RB3. We go Jacoby Myers in round 11, get Tank Bigsby as like a handcuff guy in round 12, and then uh, Tyler Bass and the Patriots for kicker and defense. So I like the way uh, this one played out. I think kind of unique to some of the other teams I built. I like the stack with uh, Lawrence, Calvin Ridley, Evan Ingram. I think our running backs are solid at the top with Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, fine depth with uh, Damian Harris and Tank Bigsby. And then I like the wide receivers also. Ridley, obviously, I've taken in a lot of these. Mike Williams, I think I took in every one. Um, Amari Cooper, I like in the third round. So if I get him in the fourth, I like the value. And then always in on a, a guy like Deontay and Elijah Moore. So those are going to be the five mock drafts. I think you can kind of see through these different mocks. You can execute double hero RB in a lot of ways, and you don't have to be super locked into it. Like you saw in some of these, it's not like I was sitting there like, I need to take a running back. I need to take a running back. I need a running back round one and round two. You don't need to do that. Even the one from pick 104, right? You start off with an elite wide receiver. And if a double hero RB build kind of falls into your lap, then it's cool, but you don't want to be forcing anything. Over the next week or so, I'm also going to be putting out uh, zero RB and then hero RB. So stay tuned for those. I feel like once you kind of get a hang of all of them, then you can go into drafts feeling comfortable and not really like locking yourself into one. You go through the first few rounds, you see where the value is, and then you kind of pick one of those and you can kind of carry it out throughout the rest of your draft. So let me know how you guys are feeling about this draft strategy. Do you think you're going to be uh, using it in some of your drafts or do you think that's you know the way your drafts are going to play out? Let me know down below. If you enjoyed, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Thank you all for stopping by and I'll see you in the next one.